It's a Daily Talk Show episode 412. And it's Fat Fridays and we got Andy White in the building. Hello. Good morning. Uh, happy uh, organised August. Uh, this, this Did you just make that shit up? No, 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 no. Yeah, no. That, I mean, that's, it was actually two days ago that he made that shit up uh, and now we're amongst August. Well, no, yesterday Let's was- make a trend. Yeah, well, yesterday was the first and I um, did uh, organised August, which was organising my wallet, mm. uh, which was great. But anyway, we won't get bogged down. But if you want to get involved okay. and get organised in August- Andy, I sent you a message last night and I said- uh, What's your favourite food? I, I actually am meeting your text messages with how you present them, which are minimal, mm. <laughs> sometimes coded. Yeah. You once sent me a time code to our own podcast yeah, and, I, and I literally was like, Amy, this is fucking, i gotta, I got to work out what this is. Yeah. It's Seth Godin's episode and, and, he, and, and Andy said 1401. <laughs> well, I mean, Andy, you've got Melbourne Roubaix, and so it's almost like orienteering through text message sometimes. Yeah, the way that you yeah it is. Well, it depends. Uh, when we become better friends, Tommy, yeah. I'll, my text message ah. will find become longer, more explicit. <laughs> it's, it's really just short a, form novel. It's a level of our friendship. But I feel that we, we could go from strength to strength. I mean, I feel like we've um, taken that next step in our relationship. You've let me wear. Uh, you've let me wear your helmet. Well, you, you did take it off my head. Yeah, yeah. you, uh, you won't let me do it. I'm going to take it off. Folliculitis. Look at that thing. It's this? safety and warmth first, always, so always. So is it actually a snowboard it helmet? It is a snowboard helmet. It does not meet Australian safety standards for a bicycle okay. because they haven't played the licensing. But other than that, I'm sure it's fine. Mate, I would trust my helmet, my head in this over a fucking Melbourne $10 helmet yeah. from 7-Eleven that mm, you can yeah. get. Yeah, anyway, I, I agree. I would never compromise my safety. All right, I'm back. And so do you reckon it is actually... There we go. I mean, what is it designed for? What are people using Keeping that? Keeping your head warm. Well, I... Like snowboarding impacts, yeah. I imagine. You don't want to. We should ask the Canadian, really. Yeah. When, when would you? I've use never it? actually snowboarded, but I've I've had. <laughs> <laughs> what? Get out! <laughs> I've had friends that have been in snowboarding accidents, and it's because you're hitting the snow, you risk hitting ice. Yes. Mm. Sure. You can hit ice, a tree, rocks. Oh, trees! And if, when yes, you're going down hard. a hill at like sometimes you get 80 k's an hour, it's mm. uh, not ideal. So that, that, that would be highly safe then yeah. for a bike riding. Exactly. Um, we got to address the elephant in the room. Which one? The spread that's <laughs> in front of us. You did sort of. <laughs> oh, no, hand. mate. No, no, you just. Yeah. You, you look like you're pointing <laughs> to me. Oh, yeah. We've got an amazing spread, 3D deal. Do you want to just share with Andy what, how you've come across this this morning? So this morning I went out to uh, Queen Victoria Market. Went on a nice early morning walk mm -hmm. and uh, just picked up a bunch of Italian Italian themed foods mm. and stuff like meats, uh, spreads. We've got got three different types of dips, olives, uh, two different types of breads, three different types of cheese, two variations of salami. Uh, can you <laughs> not? And they actually the the people at the I can't remember the name of the uh, what the opportunity to really? plug. They gave us they gave us a deal. <laughs> you literally said deal. that they were going to be. But the idea of a deal is you got to know where the fuck you no, got it from. Andy, this is actually something. How, what what do you feel about going to somewhere like the Vic Market in a place like Melbourne, Australia, and actually trying to barter with these uh, you know delicatessens? I think food's one of those things. Bartering. Hmm, can I pay less for that? I'm, I come from a long line of hagglers. Yeah. Uh, my brother <laughs> is probably one of Australia's greatest negotiators when it comes to folded. Uh, but the food, I, don't, I suppose if you're going to buy 100 kilos of cured meat, I would probably <laughs> yeah. say, can you do something less for cash, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. But, I mean, McDonald's. Well, he asked for a discount. Oh. I didn't ask for a discount. I said, this is going to be for a podcast. We're going to be filming it. Oh, he's gave, flexing. Gave the guy oh, a sticker. Mate, in lieu of the old influencer whole, yeah. oh, asking for a cop-out because you're in it, basically, mm. look, <laughs> uh, let's just play. I have a small inst Instagram or social media following I would never ask for a cop out and say, "Oh, post, uh, can you give me a half price rent on this?" And it's a, I'm glad that he's forgot the name of it because we can't be linked back really yeah, to yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, but well, to be fair, it's... I never asked for the discount. He said, "Oh yeah, if like if you want three, if uh, for the dips per se, he said if you want three, I'll give you three for ten bucks." Ah, I think that's, mate, standard that's a deal. standard deal. Yeah, yeah. Unsold, <laughs> the unsold deal. Yeah. 
That's what, yeah, it's the reverse. <laughs> you make them feel like you're getting discount, but you're actually selling yeah. them more. Bucks each, yeah. Five bucks each for those dips. Either how, how long's the Canadian been in Australia? Uh, like three, three months. months. Oh, yeah. so my, my wife's been in Australia 10 years, and she's finally – now she's coming out with, with some Australianisms, and yeah. she's getting a hang of the lay of the land, yeah. how mm. things are dealt. Mm-hmm. She's a very crossing the T's, dotting the I's, which I love about her and is very important in a dynamic where I'm very far at the other end of the scale – um, so I think we can forgive Dill. Because yeah, oh, look yeah. at the spread. Oh, no, he's done a great job. Yeah, and the other thing too is, money. When, yeah, when you have a podcast, it just does come up in conversation. It's one of those things. It's sort of, it's it's one of those things, I think, where it's mm. like, don't you think? Oh, no. Well, I mean, you lead with it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's all I've got. Well, Josh Jensen hosted the Daily Talk Show it's podcast. All it's all I've got. Andy, you've got some, you've created a movement. We uh, shot a video for Quad Lock that was about you and the Melbourne Roubaix, the event that you put on every it's year. bloody awesome, can we, I just say. Thank you. And fucking, we had no real idea about- Two dollars in the swear jar. Melbourne <laughs> Roubaix or what it is or the movement that it is. And we filmed the interview first, maybe two months mm. before the event. Right. And so we're leading up. So we didn't really have an idea. And then we get there, 3D deal, Josh and I, we get there on the day and we're just- what the fuck is mm. happening? We can swear on I, this. I'd say that the same I mean, on the day. I mean, it's, there yeah. was, we just literally had to point that. I mean, the thing with a video like this is you literally point the camera anywhere mm. and there's something interesting fucking going on. It's, it's wild. It's wild. And it was wild the first year when we had 100 people. I remember the night before I was on the SEN radio with Matthew Keenan and Dave McKenzie, who now uh, SBS Cycling uh-huh. Tour de France commentators, and I, and I was saying, look, oh, I don't know how many people are going to ter- turn up. Maybe, oh, spitballing. Oh, imagine if 100 turn up. And they, they said, we think 100 people are going to turn up. I'm like, I don't know. And 100 people turned up. I was blown away at the response. But one, I think it's one of those things, if you build it, they will come. People are looking mm. for a reason to get together and have a great time. But It was uh, pre-social media then, pre-Insta. Back in the day, I printed out flyers and I would go around to cafes and bike shops and say, do you mind if I put this up in your window? If they said no, I'd just put it up anyway. And <laughs> Any tips on that stuff? So I did a sticker bomb. I don't know mm. how you feel about sticker, sticker bombing. Sticker bombs, it's like an earlier f- version of hashtagging, yeah. really. It's a physical in re- in real life version of hashtagging, like uh, you put it on a sign, it's mm. a, a hope to get people's attention when they're actually doing something totally different. Yeah, but my concern is that I walked the other day and I'm guessing it's the council has gone through and removed all the stickers. Or is it's it, a little nasty other podcast. I don't know, but I just, like I'm us. curious as to what is the standard protocol of sticker bombing. I feel like you would know. Oh, where? Because like where, mm. I put it on a... Uh, Mercedes Benz, <laughs> no, yeah, cars. I would be. No, I put it. I put it on a um, like a pole where the, you press the button to cross the road. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah, and it was it was gone. Eyeball, f- I mean, are we talking about like five foot height? Well, this is a problem because I'm always fucking panicked when I'm doing it. They're always in the worst no, position. Wrong. You need yeah. to look like it's totally legitimate. Yeah. And you were there. You were just actually paid to work for the Daily Talk Show. I'm just. This is oh, just yeah. my job. Hey, yeah, yeah, dude, yeah, yeah, don't yeah, shoot yeah. the messenger. Yeah, that's a great idea. Do I need high vis? I mean, it's. it's <laughs> I, I'm not going to talk about my experience with high vis. What is your experience with high vis? You can do anything with high vis. What have you done? What have you done with high vis? I'm not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, you talk about the origins of street art and graffiti, and I know a lot of artists that. I mean, Melbourne, we have this hypocrisy where one of the most celebrated points where tourists come to take photos is mm. Hosier Lane. Yeah. Now, it's graffiti. It's vandalism. Yeah. But at what point does that vandalism become art and cherished? Yeah. So well, I think the stickers. Well, the uh, stickers. At what point does it, like, is someone going to put yeah. something uh, around that sticker? The oh, first perfect. one. Yeah. Where was the first one? Yeah, yeah exactly. Perfect right. example. Uh, I think it's in between San Francisco and Los Angeles. There's some laneway that is now Bubblegum Alley. And oh, it's, it's been chewies. look it up. Ah, it's right. Just sounds like the Lovelock Bridge in Paris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, what, who was the first person to stick a piece of chewy there? They were just being a gronk, and then oh, it's taken put up. it there, and then there, and then just littered. It's colourful, and people take photos there. Do you think that the councils like Melbourne in uh, on South Bank they've actually got one of those uh, bridges now that have the cable that yes. allows for it? 
I don't, you, know, I if, I don't know if it allows for it. I don't are think they that's trying to make intention. it a thing? No. No, because they had to, what Andy's saying, that, that bridge in Paris. They have to remove it every six months. They had to remove all yeah. the locks. <laughs> it's yeah. the white. So yeah. all the all the gypsies are selling locks over in Paris, yeah. trying it's to get you to go bizarre. and do yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so Melbourne Roubaix, it's, yes. it's not a race. God, no. It's, it was a race. Can we start picking at this, by the way? Oh, yeah, go for it. Manja, manja, manja. And I just decided I can see. Look, one thing I'll say about, I used to race a lot. I used to enjoy it. Races involve ego, mm. and it's amazing. Once you take out ego from an event, the vibe changes drastically. And I found that from my own experiences of going to bike races, when everyone's trying to win, one, there's only one person happy at the end of the day, and that's the person mm. win. Everyone else is less than happy. Um, and just the, the the encouragement and the vibe when you can't compete and flex in a physical manner, and it, I just found it. It was a it was a definitely a light bulb moment of making uh, putting the bucket of water over the fire of competing mm. physically. Because mm. the, the other thing is there's so many opportunities in life to do that. Mm. There's not so many opportunities to just be silly, cavalier and hang out. Yeah, there was people dressed up. These dudes had built this um, like this – Platform with the these, Mardi Gras float, yeah, yeah, with these um, exercise bikes yeah, that like then stationary bikes that were then connected to yeah. actual wheels that could yeah. make it move, and we followed them for the whole day. Somehow we just ended up bumping into them at yeah. all points. Well, they don't go very fast. There was a wheel hanging off on the back, and I thought, is that part of the the aesthetic? And they said, no, no, that's a spare wheel <laughs> for if and when one breaks. So well, at the start of the race, they said to us, uh, right. we don't know if we'll yeah, make right. it. We'll, a, you said race. Oh, sorry, sorry. At the start of the Bridge event, they said, we don't know if we'll make it. Uh, it's genuine. <laughs> and so last year, uh, Oscar made a bicycle with a trailer and the barbecue on the back and did it up as a moving bunning snag station yes. and was serving snags. And, and each, I thought, there's no way I can top that. Yeah. No way. And then they do. So I love that people, and because we reward it, um, and People do it, I think they do it just for the fun and for the visual mm. and to entertain others, but we've also given prizes away. Mm. But every year I think people are thinking, oh, what am, what, how can I stand out and be silly mm. and fun? And I love that that's a distraction from the day-to-day -day yeah. of, you know, the monotony of a lot of our lives is, is something to think, oh, what can I do for that big party mm. that happens in the middle of winter? I, I, th I always see some people who have found success in something and you've definitely found success in this being this huge event, not race, event now. Do you look back on it with a, a story that you articulate that's about, you know, getting into it and you had the vision of exactly what you wanted or is it what I more think about looking back on success is you're kind of just in the moment, not you're hoping it sort of takes off. Did you have the vision at the start or no, just no. you just started my, it? I, mean, I, don't, I can't look past next week. I'm <laughs> terrible. And uh, actually I had my wife and I had our – because we worked together. The, I mean, so part do we. Of, so, yeah. wife, my part wife and I. <laughs> part of our success is purely because uh, she keeps me on track and she has a better plan. But I hate to plan. And we were talking about, you know, planning for Fixo. And it's like a – I don't know – Boner killer. Like, mm. I just don't <laughs> like the plan. I like my agility of if magnesium, I see, magnesium. yeah, yeah. I see, just, I see you go, so, and I go. So when I, uh, the first one was just like, oh, well, just put it on an event and let's see what happens. So what is yeah. Roubaix? What does Roubaix okay. actually mean? So Roubaix is the town, the city in the north of France, mm -hmm. which Paris Roubaix, of which our event takes the piss of, it, is based on so that so it's a serious event. It's the longest and oldest bicycle race in the world, Paris Roubaix, mm -hmm. and it doesn't actually start in Paris now. In Paris, in Paris, uh, it's something Compiègne, but uh, it still rides over rough cobbled farm roads, which is unchanged, and that's mm -hmm. part of the unique aesthetic of that race. It makes it really tough and grueling. Is it like cyclocross? Is that a thing? I don't know no, much about cycling. It's just like a regular Like Tour de France or whatever? Yeah, like yeah. is it and the exact same sort of thing? Yeah, and they've had stages where they've gone over the same roads. That sounds so roads. fucking bogan when I said oh, that. No. No. Tour de France. No, sort of hey, um, did you see the guy who jumped on a uh, just yeah, a dirt jump over? it's like the third time, yeah. Jumped over the oh. road as the cyclists on the Tour de France were going underneath. It's so it's epic. Crazy. Anyway, it crazy. it's this epic. Watch, look it up on YouTube. So the cobblestones, the roughness of that mm. ride. And the only reason that Melbourne Roubaix 
came is because this city, uh, the majority of the back alleys in the inner suburbs had a cobblestone back alley, which was originally used for the shit carters to come and collect, you know, the rubbish and the trash mm. and et cetera mm. to clear the streets. And in planning the event, when I'm looking at doing, everyone's like, oh, where's it going to go next year? And you find new sectors. It's really depressing when I go somewhere and you're expecting to see a cobbled, cobbled alley and they've paved over it. Mm. It's like... Oh, well, Albert Park, I used to live there and... It's old Mm, all, all the, all the sort of behind the houses, they're old cobblestone laneways, and it's so nice. It's mm. cool. Like it's an aesthetic that mm. it's very, it's hard to create and easy to pave over. Mm. It's like that, you know, is it um, paved paradise? You put up a parking lot. Oh, yeah, that yeah, line yeah. in the song. It's a good song. It is a good <laughs> song. But it's I'll put it in my Spotify playlist. One of the organised August is creating a fresh. Spotify playlist, so I'll add that song. It's, we can never go back to that visual of the beautiful buildings that are easily torn down and thrown up a, like mm. a townhouse, mm. multi-storey, et cetera. So. Did you grow up in Melbourne? I did. Born and bred, northern suburbs. I've actually very, I've, we've got our first house now and it's very close to where I grew up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, th- I mean, it's always home, but you've travelled the world. You, you've lived all across the world. Yeah. You quit your marketing job. Yeah, um, to the uh, much <laughs> disappointment of my dad. I actually have a pro. I'm going to share this on my Fixo account, but I shared a photo of me in my office at Hewlett Packard, my marketing job that I quit. Oh wow, my you dad were was very disappointed. God, what kind of computers were they rocking back was then? Was it printers then, or this was, was it, this or? was just pre Millennium Bug? Uh-huh. If you, uh, uh, yeah, sure. you can imagine, uh-huh. you know, the world was about to end. What are we going to do when the calendars roll over, etc. So were you almost, did the millennium bug come into your decision of quitting? No. Okay. No, <laughs> no, be no, no, no. It was the monotony and just working with the dick. So what do you do? Like if you're working at HP marketing in mm. the 90s, mm. what does that actually, what does that well, look I was, like? <laughs> I was organising the promotional giveaways for the company. So I would have all these reps come and basically what you would go to AliExpress now and when you find mm-hmm. stuff that you want to get branded, you'd have reps come to you. Um, and say, oh, here's some pens and we've got mm. some water bottles and all this just garbage and we'll just throw the P- HP logo mm. on it and da 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 and, and then other groups within the organisation could buy it and they'd send me cost centres. It was just boring, boring as hell. How long did you do that for? Uh, say, I don't think I lasted a year. I'm, I don't, yeah, I don't think I lasted a year. So you did your marketing degree and then you I did. got yeah. your job? And I threw it in the bin. Th- I'm going overseas. And so there's... Melbourne, Roubaix, but then all the other 364 days of the year. Mm. Fixo, how do you describe Fixo? Because from my perspective, it's it's one of those like lifestyle mm. brands that sort of you don't necessarily, the first thing you do isn't necessarily put a product to the name. I, I think I put you to the to the, to the name. Well, this, was, this was a discussion Melody and I were having. She was like, okay, we're gonna have a, we could have a plan and we could sell it. And I'm like, can't sell it. It's me. Yeah. It, and um, there's lots of great examples of brands where someone, a personality, is intrinsically weaved into that brand. And um, look, it's not my goal. It's never yeah. been my goal to mm. build it up and sell it. And if people that have known Fixo or me over the journey of what I've been doing will see that it's evolved. Like mm. I've grown up, I'm marginally more sensible. I'm a dad now. Mm-hmm. That's really exciting. Yeah. And I can tell with the helmet, mate. Yeah. <laughs> That's got dad vibes all over <laughs> yeah. it. And That's why I gravitate. Cool dad. Let me put it on. Cool dad vibes. Cool. And, and now a big thing is creating, <clears throat> and Melbourne Roubaix, as you would have seen, is creating an event where parents can hang out with their kids mm. and do super cool stuff with their kids and share a moment that, um, their kids can enjoy, the parents can enjoy, gets people together. I love that. And I, I want to share my passion mm. with my daughter. And look, Fixo is related to bikes, mm. but it's really just an expression of my own mm. personality and what I like doing, being outside, having fun, talking shit, um, and making people feel really good. Mm. Josh, inform me about the wombat. Yeah, I keep seeing the wombat on your Instagram. Oh, we've got a wombat living in our house. We've been treating it for mange and uh, he's decided to take residence. I Where, in a hole? Or? And right next to a bed? bedroom window. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really? yeah between a rock. Yeah, Because I was thinking, I was like, fuck, I'd love to, because 3D Dill, we've sort of done the rounds. We went to Listerfield, like the Churchill National Park and mm. we went and saw kangaroos and all that sort of thing. I thought, like you, you were actually uh, patting 
Like you actually touch the wombat. Mm. Like yeah, my daughter's patted a wombat, um, echidnas, uh, tiger snake. She's seen a tiger snake. Like she basically walked over it. I mean, that wasn't Deal. the highlight don't, of don't, parenting. Don't pat that it. Wasn't. <laughs> if you see a tiger snake, <laughs> fucking run. I'm aware. Like that. I said, I have, I, I basically live where I grew up and at my front door, it's the wilderness area and we have deer, we have eagles. I, I love, and that's one of the things I love sharing with my daughter. We go for a walk. See some wombats, see echidnas. Mm. Um, you know, it's a really special thing. Yeah. I love that. And I love, because I have a global audience, I love sharing that yeah. because people on the other side of the world, yeah. <laughs> kangaroos are no big deal. Well, mm. it's no big deal for me, but sometimes you think, well, what about the people in mm. Russia? Mm. I reckon they would trip out seeing oh, absolutely. the stuff that I see and take for granted every day. What so do I don't you, take it for granted. What is it about cycling and really strong, solid communities because we're friendly with Maven, yeah. Cycling Maven, who's built a, a good thing online mm. through cycling. Yeah. And the people, people like Quadlock and all these mm. different brands yeah. and people that have, yeah, it's definitely there's, it feels like that community built. Sometimes community I think, element. is it because we're outcasts and mm -hmm. we've chosen a transportation alternative that doesn't fit the norm of, there's, I think there is a part of it. Mm. I think it's people that like being outdoors, mm. um, like being active. Um, there's, I think there's a lot of commonalities about what brings people and bikes together. I don't know. It's not, it's not just one thing because um, when we say bikes, there's people that only ride road bikes. There's people that only ride mm. mountain bikes. There's people who just use a bike just to get to, to work yeah. and back. And outside of that, they don't ride a bike. Yeah. So um, do you feel like you sit in the middle if there's all those communities but I think Melbourne Roubaix has sort of put you in that position. It's definitely well. I was a bike courier, so mm -hmm. I was using it. I loved riding bikes, and I was using it to as a as a tool, um, and that helped me meet lots of people that use bikes in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And you're right, Melbourne Roubaix is one of those events that pulls together all people that ride bikes, but it's not a it's not for one subset. Mm -hmm. So have you seen um, the? I think it's uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt, the um, bike uh, courier. Right, so my friend. Austin Horse is the stunt double. Oh, wow. Yeah, and my other friend, Kevin, for Squid, as you know, he's a bit of a godfather type in New York Messenger Center because I worked in New York. Yeah. He was the uh, creative consultant, I would yeah. say, to get the look right. And because, oh, cool. It was one of those movies that bike crews would look at and go, oh, that. That's ah, oh, you would never do that. And it, yeah, um, not so much. It's, it's actually a pretty good representation, but there has been a lot of movies of uh, Quicksilver, for mm. example, mm -hmm. where they're switching between scenes. In one second, they're in San Francisco, and then they're in uh, New York. Yeah, and, yeah. But you've got to be a total nerd mm -hmm. to yeah. pick up on those little things as um, a, as a movie watcher. You would. No, nah, well, I definitely. That's why I was wanting to know: is it a is it a genuine representation of what it was like? Because you work in New. <laughs> no, no. Well, you did three months in New yeah, York. Yeah, I used you? to. Uh, so the reason I went to Canada, I got a working visa for Canada because I knew I would never get a working mm -hmm. visa for the states. Yeah. And I just ducked across the border. I worked illegally for three months. I may have home. defamed you. Yes, on uh, yesterday's show because I. I switched two stories up where TJ's mate. You got said, it right. He just oh, said were it. you an alien? No, but did, an alien. did you work illegally in New just, York? Are yeah, you saying that? Okay, good. You got it right because I know another guy that went yeah, there and worked. Was an alien in New York, so I just didn't. Oh, it okay. was what year? Eighty, nineties. Can you go to fucking no. US? Like, is there a could concern? I go there now and do yeah. it? Absolutely. No, you could do it. Absolutely. Do it tomorrow. <laughs> do you think I mean, that I've there'd got be a any family here? From a customs point of view, do you reckon that fucking they're not well? I mean, when you enter the States, mm. I hope the NSA isn't yeah. watching this. Well, maybe that should that be good for ratings, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you enter the any country, you say, why am I here? I'm here as a tourist. Yeah, sure. I was basically, and in the grand scheme of things, the pittance that I was making, yeah. I was a tourist with the coolest mechanism to see New York inside and out. Yeah. Really, that's what I was mm. doing. I was sleeping on couch at 13 Division above a Chinese restaurant, uh -huh. um, making deliveries during the day. At night, I would deliver food, mm -hmm. which I thought would never catch on in Australia. Mm -hmm. and I said, Wait, so it was like, this is Uber Eats back in? I was an Uber Eats. To, yeah, absolutely. It was one of the best jobs I had in New York. What kind of food? Yeah. Chinese food. Uh, it was Mama's. So it was, no, it was really good restaurant in the East Village. It was really wholesome um, pastas and... Um, what else do they do? Just really home style, yeah. good Italian style cooking. Lasagna. What were the yeah. companies that you were working for? One was called A to Z, affectionately known as Gay to Z because the owners were gay. <laughs> um, 
and no better uh, place, New York, baby. Smoke in the basement. Really? Uh, oh, <laughs> it, it was wild. And my friend um, Macca, who's a world renowned artist, mm-hmm. got me the job. And this is one of the things that he taught me. He's a mega hustler, mm-hmm. but it's who you know. Yeah. And he basically said to the dispatcher, "This is my mate Andy from Australia. Give him a job." They don't ask questions. The dispatcher all said, cash? "Is he fast?" He goes, "He's fast." What sort of bike is it? Like I'm imagining some nah, form of like BMX or some. Doesn't shit. matter what you ride. Really? And honestly, the 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 best thing you can offer any company as a bike career is just turn up every day and yeah. just shut your mouth and do what you're told. How do you see? Because you've had those experiences, when you see what's happening with Uber Eats and you see all that sort of stuff, what do you, do you um, empathise or do you see it as a different time? Have they bastardized the whole experience? Uh, I think they've marginal. Like, it doesn't sound like they're making very good much money. But what mm. the, well, Uber- the restaurants aren't anyway, no. from what I've but read. The, the, um, the early days of um, there were some companies in San Francisco building their own version of Uber mm. to uh, deliver to clients. Yeah. Um, so it's the origins are, are quite not old, but I think Uber has branded and packaged it the best mm. of all of them. There's another brand, E um, starts with E, yellow. There was a oh, flock yeah. of them at Melbourne Roubaix. Yeah, who and are those food delivery that yeah. Uber, I think yeah. so, eats? Look, that's all. That's, it's like there's Ola, there's a ride share app. There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. All, it's, now it's becoming a competitive space. Mm. Uber just led the way. Mm. Um, back to your question, do I think like Uber's got a, an opportunity to connect more people with the people delivering it. So in a way, there's more opportunity. Mm-hmm. I just think the days of it being able to make heaps of money and the early days of the 90s when people were pre-faxes and emails and more things were delivered, mm. bike careers made solid bank. Mm. And and same with in New York. Like you could make good money. When I worked in New York, I primarily delivered garments and portfolios, photography portfolios for agencies to photography studios and garments. So you were doing Dropbox, really? Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's true. It's yeah. so Dropbox has alleviated the need yeah. for those. And I remember I was I delivered to the West Village once, and over my shoulder I saw a guy with massive camera lens, and he's all dressed in black. I looked over my shoulder after delivered, and I uh, know oh before I delivered, I said to him, "Hey, what's your problem? Yeah, I'm not that good looking." He said, oh, that's uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's house. I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> yes, check the bag. And, and it was a bag from Oscar De La Renta, and on the bag it said SJP. I'm like, hmm, probably is her house. And I delivered to, you know, celebs all the time. Yeah. They're just they're, 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 they're people. They yeah. just live in New York. Do you can't become friends with any of them? No. Or just never just knuckle buddies? No. No. Well, you had walk. You're, I mean, you're still on uh, one message text. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> delivered. The, um, delivered with a time code. The walkie, the walkie-talkie. I love yeah, walkie-talkie. So that was the Nextel era. Yeah. yeah. Of, uh, and so, what years were you there? Were you there pre nine eleven? Like, what was no, the post post nine eleven? So I started as a bike courier a month after nine eleven in London. And that was the walkie-talkie area. And when I worked in New York, it was Nextel. So it's it's one way. You don't have an open channel. Uh-huh. The thing that I – and when I worked in Melbourne, we had open channel walkie-talkies, mm. which was just the biggest hilarity every day because everyone had their own personalities. You would call over the radio. If someone would fuck up, um, I my thing was the monthly, like <laughs> – like, and just the banter was yeah. amazing. And it's like so, a podcast. So, you yeah. fucking, yeah. If you recorded the walkie talk, like CB radios back in the day, oh. I'd spend hours just Hilarious. listening to people having conversations. One of my mate, Alvaro, five o'clock, like on the dot. Oh, he would say, it's just about time for burgers because he would be in South Melbourne. It's yeah. five o'clock, time for burgers. Oh, and people would just cue in visuals from what's going on in the street. But once that's taken away, so you've got your job where you can't, you're in isolation, but you don't feel it because you've got all these voices. Yeah, so people, community. Yeah, yeah, people, community. People would call on, some people would call on with a, a song in the morning. So Kirk was uh, the Bee Gees, Staying Alive. So you'd be in an elevator and all of a sudden the Bee Gees would start. <laughs> I love that. That was, a, that was a really special time. But once, so we're talking now to Uber, there's none of that. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's lifeless. Could Uber yeah. maybe manufacture some of that shit? I wonder. I don't think it's it sc- I don't think it's scalable. Like it's it's too disruptive. Think about the the executive that would be pissed now if he heard that. Yeah. 
from Uber and then it's this big company. It's like the romanticism has died. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, I think you do that so well. I think of like Australiana and nostalgia and romanticism. Like I feel these are the things mm. that I associate with you. Uh, when it comes to Australiana, what do you think that people miss? Like I find it hard to describe Australia to international people, but what do you, what do you love about Australia? Oh, I love the open spaces. Uh, I love the wildlife. I love. Uh, I think we still have a relatively laid back nature, mm. and but one of the d- things. I, I mean, I'm obviously a big part of my job is living online, and I don't like the way the portal that we all looking is homogenizing the world. Mm-hmm. So you go overseas, and you're like, oh, we've got that back home. Mm. There's less of a when I travelled South America in the early thousands and other parts of the world that weren't exposed to that, you really get a sense that it's a different way of life. Mm-hmm. But I think as this technology evolves, we're all kind of becoming less diverse in the our cultural you know, way of life. Yeah. So you're not a guy to go to a restaurant but have already gone through Instagram looking at oh, the meals no, that you God, can... No, no, no. I, I like <laughs> I don't want to know. I want surprise. Yeah. That's one of the things about um, what I was saying with our event is there's very few opportunities to have total surprise. Like yeah. Google Street View has mapped the world. Yeah, I, yeah. If I want to know what your, your, joint, your joint looks like, I yeah. can put in your address and da-da-da. I can do that for the Grand Canyon, which is one of my favourite places in the world. You don't have to go there anymore. You've got Street View. I was in a building in India. Yeah. They've oh, sent a guy Google. with yeah. a pack and I was like literally yeah. walking through the building. It was like abandoned. It was Crazy. I mean, what's it? So there's benefits to it. There it, are benefits. It gets but people curious to talk about that. India, you don't have the smells, you don't have the yeah. oral sensations. It is a visual cue to what mm. it might be like, but it's not the same. It's not the same. And I think uh, to come back to your question, what do I love about Australia? Hmm. Wombats. <laughs> They're <laughs> creepy creatures, man. I, I was on school camp once and I just heard this <laughs> and this thing, this heavy beast, 60 kgs yeah. or something, ran past me. And they're fast. I was scared. Fallacy could that they're bite? slow. Is it, uh, it, they've got little teeth. Would can you, you like, bite? Yeah, you can. Yeah, but would you, you like, hug, like nah. Would you – so like patting it's one thing – Lifting, you would never lift it up, obviously. Well, it's a wild animal, yeah, but I sure. think if it was domesticated, you yeah, totally sure. could. I've seen ones that are like little dogs and they run around. Yeah. Fisher, yeah. They're all cute when fun. they're young. Wonder, I guess domesticated animals, do you have any pets? Yeah, I've got a dog. Yep. Yeah. I, I wonder, always had a dog. I, I wonder what the, um, like, one law? Well, not, not the laws. To. You're not allowed to. Not allowed yeah. to. Not allowed no, to No, actually. So I joked about the, with this the ranger, um, how we've got. Mm-hmm. Uh, a wombat that wants to adopt us as pets. Yeah. Never <laughs> joked with the rangers. That yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's so true, yeah. right? And I said, it's got my, oh, you think oh, you should contact Wildlife Vic and help about that. And I said, well, actually, we are training it for yeah. mange at the moment. And da, da, da. like, obviously, the sarcasm <laughs> didn't come yeah, through. Absolutely. My little longer text, because I actually know this ranger really well. Fuck. What well, did he do? What did he do to get in the long um, text range? Yeah, and, and I actually thought for a while having a fox as mm-hmm. a pet would be amazing. Oh. I love – I'm torn. I love foxes. Obviously, I don't like what they do to native wildlife, but then I bring it back to think what is the most um, invasive, detrimental thing that Australia has ever introduced? Mm-hmm. Uh, frogs? White no. people. White people. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Right. You they, think about – They beat foxes. Let's, let's yeah. just foxes. think about it. Like on a high level, yeah, yeah. you know – People, we fuck shit up. Correct. Yeah. And it is the, the biggest tragedy. So uh-huh. I think some people get on their high horse about deer is an invasive uh-huh. species. I don't love deer. Yeah. Um, and so you think we should maybe just open it up a bit more? Rabbit, I don't know rabbits. what the answer is, but I think people just need to have a, just a good look hard in the mirror and go, actually, what are the bigger things that we yeah. can actually stop yeah, and change? Sure. What, what's your view on conservation? Because you talk about, say, like the cobblestones or things like that. Are you constantly... Because I've got to say, I don't have my nostalgia meter goes to things like fucking Nickelodeon or stuff no, like that. Go to like it milk bars or oh, milk, corn, but yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. milk bars and stuff like that. But I don't. Maybe architecture isn't necessarily okay. super high on the list. But as I get older, I start to appreciate when you go to other That's places. You go to Europe and all that sort of shit. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, why the fuck are we getting rid of all these things? Well, what you bring up a good point, and I think uh, it's unusual for younger people to have that appreciation of architecture and cultural mm. things, values to preserve until they get to their 30s and their mm. 40s. And like, hang on, 
Mm. We, we should really – because my youth is – or reminders to my youth are getting mm. erased. Yeah. And uh, there's – but it's too late, right? Because um, you're right, uh, there was a, something about the old um, corn and milk bars dying. Well, mm. you can see why because everyone goes to Coles. Yeah, absolutely. Well, also, we're in the fucking yeah. I quit sugar era. It's like you can't fucking have green frogs anymore. You know? I stopped going. Do you remember I... the time they like, yeah. just have green frogs, guilt-free, yeah. licorice, guilt-free, big, big without bosses fucking with looking the red at the back tip, with the oh, red tip on them? Absolutely. Fireworks. <laughs> TJ had a yeah, few but hookups. You'd have some red. You probably ride your bike to the shop to get your bag of yeah. in the white paper bag, yeah. and you get your like a dollar of mixed solids yeah. or your frogs, whatever your favorite was. And then you go hang out with your mates and you'd run around after school. Mm. Whereas kids now, they're having those frogs and then they're looking at their phone. Yeah, and they're devices. uber-eating the frogs. Probably. The- <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. The, one of the weirdest um, things I got home the other night and my wife had uh, ordered uber-eats and she says to me, oh, there's some left in the fridge. I said, what did you get? I got aranchi balls, arancini balls and <laughs> chicken wings. I was like, what? Like weird combo. What a weird So, so you can get it. Is it basically just... Uber Eats is just someone who goes out and get anything for you. Is it? No, well, th- I mean this was from a place. Oh, so this okay. specifically, yeah. there is those services, but you can. There's like um, they've set Do you up not like use little Uber conven- Eats. No, this is good. I, I, I've used <laughs> Uber twice. Once in Canada, and I actually used it recently when I had to go um, have my hernia op mm. because I thought, okay, I'll take the train in, but the train line was under construction. I'm like, okay, what else to do? Could I got a drive in? And so I just thought, oh no, I'll just get an Uber because I had to get. At four thirty in the morning to get Oof. to the hospital for like five thirty. Yeah. I just get an Uber, and it was amazing. It is a fantastic service. Mm-hmm. I can see what was why. the banter like in the Uber. Oh, like, what did zero. you talk about? I, zero. No, no, I, I didn't look for it. <laughs> um, you know, Ravi was the guy's name, mm-hmm. and I didn't go that. Oh, so how long you been doing this? And uh, it's <laughs> so like, you don't uh, even write Uber. You know, fucking know the, the I script. That, no, I said to the guy, I said, mate, you can put on whatever you want to listen. Yeah. I'm just going to just. Zone out in yeah, the back. Yeah, yeah. You're got preparing that. for an operation as yeah. well, which is a, a whole other thing. You, but, uh, it's, yeah. It seems like you've done a, a bunch of stuff in life that you're not looking for the financial reward. It's the experience that I'm, you're being rewarded. I think with. I've always, always been an ex- chasing experiences mm. and things that, uh, or for example, when I was in London, uh, I was on the corner of Regent. Street and I think oh, I forget where the alley was, but I was talking to this guy called Robin Superkid, and he told me about how he'd worked in <laughs> New York. And well, Superkid was his nickname, okay, Robin. Yeah. And I'm like, you worked in New York? He's like, oh yeah, I just went over there, got a job. Da, 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 da. I'm like, and that blew my mind. Mm. And uh, and then I thought, hang on, I'm an Australian. I'm in London. I'm working as a biker. How hard can it be? I've yeah. I've done this before in London. It, New York is just another place to do it. Mm. And uh, and I always and a few things I thought I don't never want to be that granddad that I want to have real life experiences. Say mm. oh, yeah, yeah, when I was a kid, this is what I did. Mm. I didn't like. I don't want to have regrets about. Oh, I wish I'd I, like. I just don't want to regret mm. something mm-hmm. because I chased some meaningless you know job that paid better. And I'm like, I'm sure I could get a job paying better. And so that's how you're gonna. You've got a young daughter. Yep. Is that something? Because there's, the, I mean, your parents, like you said, you you quit your marketing job, and they were like, "Oh shit," you know. There, there's I a, the had a anxiety. massive argument about it. Yeah, yeah. I remember crying. Well, yeah. I, last time I quit my job to go full time working for myself, I called my mum and said, "I've quit my job, and I'm starting my own thing." I could imagine the excitement in your yeah, voice. Yeah, I was too. very excited. She goes, "Oh well, this is something I don't want to hear." It's fucking hung up. Do you know? Like, I think a part of that stems from a parents. Um, wanting to have their child have security mm-hmm. and the best for them. Yeah. And my parents had a very different path and, and set up a, a wonderful foundation for my brother and I. But we are unemployable is what my dad calls <laughs> us. But, you know, we have made our way. And I'm, I'm thinking when, when my daughter, she will challenge me and she'll say something and I've just got to think, you know what, you'll work it out. Mm. You work it. We all work it out. Yeah. Look at you guys. Yeah. You're working it out. Mm. I'm working it on the fly, mm. as a lot of people do, and I, that's really exciting. Um, we all kind of work it out. Mm. You know, maybe if they were going seriously off course, or you were th- pissing all your money up your nose, mm. or da 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 da, 
Then I don't know why he looked one. at me when he's. <laughs> it's got well, no, it's, there's nothing there. Have yeah. you seen the spread? <laughs> we haven't <laughs> fucking eaten it yet. No, I think, um, um, uh, you know, and it's very difficult for parents to imagine walking a life different to your own. So, how do you take that on? If you've got parents or family that you find aren't supportive in that moment, how do you reconcile it? What's the. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm curious. Well, I just did what I wanted anyway. Yeah, mm. and my brother's the same. Um, it, uh, then, look, I wasn't doing anything reckless. Mm. Um, but that's the thing, right? But if you're not yeah. feeling if if you believe in your heart that you want to do something, mm. but then you also feel like you don't have the support of the people who should be supporting, that's got to like I know personally it takes a toll. Where I'm like, oh, I haven't mm. felt supported on certain things. And people can say, oh, the bigger picture, their family or yeah. whatever. But it's also like, oh, am I going to be a better person? Am I going to be better if I just like let it go and allow it to sort of happen? And re- and how do you reconcile all that? I suppose I'm lucky. Like I knew my parents would get on board. They would mm-hmm. have to get on board. I just would have preferred if they were more excited. Like mm-hmm. your yeah. mum, you were yeah. excited about doing something adventurous with mm-hmm. your life. And, like, my mum in her 20s, she travelled around the world with a little Leica camera with her brother and she had her own version of that mm-hmm. and I was looking to do my own version. Yeah. I think it's just a, coming from a place of love, of wanting your kids to be safe, mm-hmm. um, knowing where they are at all times. The other thing is I remember this thing. I said, I'm going to South America. And my mum's like, oh, it's very, very, very dangerous there. And Why don't, why don't you go to America? And so I, I, the most dangerous things, I remember the first night I got on a bus in Seattle and I, I had these two guys fighting with knives and they almost fell on top of me. And I, it's this perception of one parts of the world is dangerous and one isn't. And yeah. I found that in Colombia, um, a wonderful place, very dangerous mm-hmm. if you want to find trouble. But you know where I reckon the most dangerous place is other than the road? Abbotsford. Yeah, Victoria Street. The Daily Talk Show yeah. office. Yeah. Well, I say I was going to say King Street at one yeah. o'clock at night. Like <laughs> Central, like Melbourne, like yeah. it's wild. Yeah. Mm. And like, well, you guys can obviously relate to inner city Melbourne. Mm. You know, if you want to find trouble, yeah. it's right here. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of those things that as we get further away from our home base, people think, oh, it's dangerous because we don't have a, a way of easily relating to it. Mm. For someone who has a similar approach, I don't want to plan. You know, I I want to find experience, which doesn't always equate to stability. Mm. What do you? I mean, you've, you're someone who I think has found a level of success in that, which is probably not as common as you've got, what you've most got a, people would expect. You've got a consistent event that you've been doing for how many years is it now? Fourteen. Fourteen which years. Is, I do say to, to Melody, I'm like, it's. I'm very grateful. We've worked at it, but the events come and go. Yeah. Um, my brother said to me, remember summer days? Oh, like, yeah. You know, th- like that events come and go. It was huge. And if you look at a bell curve, a lot of these things, they go one, two, three, peak, and then bam. Then mm. like, so I'm very grateful to be mm. doing and working for myself effectively for this yeah. long. But what about someone who's not finding the success? What do you think in terms of what would you say to somebody who's doing a creative endeavour or, you know, trying to chase something that doesn't make that much sense. What would I say? Yeah, what, what have you uh, said to yourself? If they uh, don't have that a yearly event, I guess the, uh, the well, if they don't have the success yet because I yeah. think, you know, you can be doing something, a grind for four or five yeah, years yeah. before it actually works. Well, can worked. I just say, um, before my wife officially became involved with Melbourne Bay, I didn't make anything. It was not <laughs> – it was successful in terms of people had a good time but it mm. was not – slick to the level that you guys are seeing it now. Yeah. Um, certainly it wasn't financially viable. Mm. It was just a thing that I did. And I had a very expensive hobby before my wife came in. <laughs> and she left her job working in corporate Melbourne uh, and decided to focus, to work with me. And that was a real turning point. Mm. And that's the point where we started to sell more things online. Um, customers, like I was just terrible at customer service. Yeah. Um, just timeliness, where she came from a background in retail, um, timeliness, good attention to detail, strict processes, pro, um, you know, protocols mm. and things like that. And that, that, that's why I think Fixo works because 
it's that marrying of our two skill sets. Mm. People, that, it's people, yeah. right? Have you gotten better at those things or has your wife just sort of taken the Oh, I definitely got better at those things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I think it's by osmosis, right? Yeah. It's it's going to happen. It's there's Josh has got strengths that I don't, and mm. I'm picking up on those things and learning mm-hmm. from him, and he's vice versa. And I think that's a. I think within that, what you said is, you can think doing it alone is like oh, I've got to. No one understands yeah. my shit, mm. and it's hard to find that person, right? Like it's this is your it wife, is, it is, it is, who you trust. <laughs> it is, yeah. It would be very hard to find someone um, to employ to have that level of trust and. Um, yeah, if it wasn't or just going through LinkedIn or whatever, how people recruit these days. I should mm. Malcolm Lavabwell's or a zip recruiter. There you go. Oh, Malcolm zip, always. Zip, I love zip. Malcolm. Our first and, podcast uh, integration. Malcolm's first, a quirk. Yeah. The zip recruiters, they're doing a lot of yeah. advertising. Mm, podcast, yeah. 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 Well, in Melbourne, I feel like you're you're also got that sort of good Local knowledge, like I, I grew up in Endeavour oh, Hills out. and oh, stuff like that. Like and so, yeah. and so I, I'm curious. I feel like you know a lot about you know, also like the north or whatever, but also like uh, inner city and all that sort mm. of thing. What are some of those uh, local knowledge things? Whether it's places to eat or rules to live by, if you to spend some time in Melbourne. Mm. It used to be a lot better. And one of the things, like I was saying about when I worked in New York and San Francisco, I had I was I was working, but really I was getting to know an, uh, an intimate level of detail of the city, the buildings, the people, where to eat, um, areas uh, and districts and where was dodgy, where was not. Mm. Um, and in Melbourne, it, it's changed a lot because I was a biker in, you know, the mid-thousands. Um, now I live in the burbs and mm-hmm. I focus a lot on living out there and doing my thing out there. I'm amazed at how rapidly Melbourne is just changing, particularly yeah. Docklands, inner city, and and the vibe is it's still a big country town. I love that about Melbourne. Yeah. It kids itself that it's a big city. But I think <laughs> we, should, we should try and just stay true to who we are and not try and be a – global or massive city, I love that because part of that's my phone. Oh, that's, that's okay. Um, okay. Remind, I'll just chuck it right, I'll get it. Um, but to uh, I would say just walk around. Mm-hmm. That, and that's the thing I loved about bicycles. When you see the world by bicycle, it's a certain speed. Yeah. And exploring, like when I go to a city, I don't look up like best places to eat. I just go randomly walk and let my just – Organically, mm. things happen. I might meet someone on the street and just talk. I it might have already become quite clear. I like talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just um, not texting, or that's just me. All right. So, the, so for example, <laughs> a, a DHL delivery driver um, dropped something off the, the other day, and he said, "What's in the box?" I said, "Oh, it's a bike." Oh, my grandson rides bikes. I'm like, "Oh yeah." Da, 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 da. Um, does he? And it turns out, I kind of know his grandson just through bikes. Obviously, that's not because I know a lot of bike communities, but Brunswick Cycling Club. But I I will talk to anyone on the street and I can find out more about them in five minutes Mm. than most their probably partners know about them. And what what do you think that is? I just, I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. And you never know what you're going to learn from someone that you can take away and you're like, oh, that's Mm. really interesting. Maybe maybe there's something in that or maybe I might do that or that's, you know, maybe they know someone else or they'll steer me in a way like, oh, that's a really good advice i'll check yeah, that yeah. out next time i go down brunswick street mm. is a smartphone curbing our curiosity um oh absolutely yeah absolutely well, well you can't you can't be curious if you're looking down mm. oh. but you, but you also i guess you also have <laughs> curiosity and fear right like we're trying to protect ourselves mm. or whatever and then so the smartphone is the pacifier for the fear, right? So we're listening to and so then it, we end up creating these loops where it's like when we're in a situation that we're rather than actually being tapped in and looking and making mm. eye contact with people, mm. we're fucking scrolling well, on Well, it's Instagram. interesting because it's well, you say you're removing, you're trying to remove fear, but think about how much fear is yeah. projected through <laughs> yeah, that yeah, portal, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, it's I, this I, loop that yeah. we're creating. I was yeah. driving along the, the highway runs along the ocean in California and we pulled up, we were in this little town and I pulled up next to this girl and we had a Mustang convertible. She would have known that we're Australian 
from yeah. a mile away. Anyway, got the we, rental. Yeah, the rental. And we said, um, "Where's a great place? Where's a bar around here? Something like that." And she goes, "Oh, up here, my favorite place up there on the." We went. It was so cool. This rooftop bar, looking mm-hmm. down to the ocean. You could see the surfers. The sun was going down. It's like doing that kind of shit. Living and actually being curious to ask people. Yeah, take someone's lead. You know, someone's experienced something mm. before. I think that's a trained skill, though. Um, I don't know if you've listened to Malcolm Gladwell's 12 Rules for Life, but he talks about because it was it's Jordan um, Jordan Peterson Peterson yeah. who developed the first one, uh-huh. but he was saying other people have subsequently come up with their own, and he he nitpicks from other people and said curiosity is a skill that or is something that requires training mm. and. Every time you use an example of someone say every they go out for dinner, choose something from the menu that you would just not even wildly think. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it might be great, sometimes it might be not. And it's one of those things is getting curious is one of those things that obviously I've trained to the point where I'm totally curious. And my daughter, oh, my God, is like, <laughs> hi. She just randomly shouts at people, hi, <laughs> nice bike, da da da, da. <laughs> uh, Yeah, she sees it in me. But it's one of those things that people say, oh, it comes so easily to you. It's because I've done it for so mm, long yeah. and my job effectively was as a bike courier was meeting random people, delivering st- yeah. stuff to them, and and then I would just strike up a conversation in elevators. Da, 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 yeah. da. Did you Do you remember the time that you were forcing it because it needed to be trained? No. It's yeah. always coming. So can introverts be curious? Absolutely. I. It, in, yeah, they can. Do, well, because I guess it's uh, what you're describing is the action. I think that we all are curious. Well, I've, I feel like a lot of us are curious, but the fear overpowers That's, the curiosity. That is true. So, for instance, it's like, oh, I'm curious about what that food is, but the fear of having a bad meal. Like if we mm-hmm. remove the fear of like, as you said, it's okay to uh, have a shit meal sometimes, mm. right? Uh and the reward then is you'll try things that you never tried before. Mm. But it's definitely, I guess, a different posture to be in the world in that way. It's it's true. And look, it's probably like someone saying to me, it's not that hard to be organised. Yeah. yeah. It's well, with organised hard. August, yeah. I think. <laughs> and, uh, and I would say, uh, speak for yourself. It yeah. is it is a co- – yeah. Um, so it's – look, it's just one of the things that has come easier for me. Yeah. Uh, and it's one of those things that's once it's rewarded, mm. it's it, it, it's momentum. momentum. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm curious about uh, what that doorbell was before. Yeah, what was, was, a, what was, was there that? some kind of delivery that's um, come along? Uh, yeah. You have a you have a microphone. Yeah, nice yeah, yeah. It's um, <laughs> they're like desserts. Who sent these? I have no idea. There's no secret admirer. Okay, well, bring them over. The, uh, oh, this is amazing. No, this is exciting. I can't remember his name. Oh, the the sounder. Yeah, there we go. Alex. Alex. Oh, Alex. Yeah, Alex. Oh, that was Amazing. nice. So Amazing. Nice yeah, he wants to say thank you. So, Alex. Oh, what a legend. Awesome. Well, now we've got dessert for our microphones. So. This is perfect. Oh, yeah. He returned it. Yeah, he brought the microphone. Oh, back. great. Amazing. Oh, that was him at the door. Yep. So he he brought cannolis. Oh, oh wow. lovely. Oh my god. Oh, this, this is, is the perfect. It's like he's. How's that? That's amazing. Thank, thank you, Alex. Thank you, Alex. You got us. I don't Italian even know dessert. you, Alex, but thank you. <laughs> you were talking about the uh, being organised and lacking it. I have. There's been my biggest struggle. I think in life is, especially. I started freelancing when I was 14, and I was. Um, I would always be up late, like up late, mm. up early, because I was terrible with deadline, like working mm. with deadlines. I was always cramming and all that sort of thing. But I feel like it's one of those things where. It need like to be productive, to be happier. I'm happier when I'm organized, right? When mm. I've got shit happening. Okay. Yep. Um, so I, this is the list. I've written twelve things that we're going to get organized with in August. My wife loves lists, and right. look, it does help me. The days that she makes lists for me, I find that I'm <laughs> so far more productive. Yeah, yeah. it feels it's, good, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, at least you can look back on the day and go, "Oh, I did stuff." Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, if you're not like a list is just a form of measurement, right? And so you're seeing what can be capable. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just doing shit. Not really. You can just reel a list off in your head. Exactly. Well, a list is the same. You could align having a list with being an HP marketing manager, right? Like being don't in bring that, up that hell. <laughs> <laughs> can I just say, look, one of the things that I know learned in that corporate life, very brief window. Yeah. So there were. Contractors, mm-hmm. subcontractors, yeah. and actual 
employees. Mm-hmm. And it was the first, I mean, I'd, I would say first actual discrimination that I kind of felt because they got perks and benefits and there was a real divide. Mm. And I could sense that in the company. I'm Were like, you an employee or a contractor? No, a contractor. God, yeah. No, 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 yeah. Um, and it wasn't a superiority thing, but although I would say that the employees probably felt slightly more mm. superior to the Secure. But in, 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 in a, um, and I'm wary of this in any dynamic. If you create uh, an us and them, it's de- it's uh, divisive and it just derides th- what can be re- yeah. better. We can no longer be curious. I think to your point to, to your point as well, right? Mm. Like if you if it is the us and them, mm. uh, all of that stuff. But I, I know, like having worked at tech companies, that happens within remote staff. Like so, when you have people who work remotely. Mm. Um, there's a different culture there too if you're in the office and yeah. so all of that. Mm. But I want to go through the list, okay. the 12 things for the f- first 12 days. So yesterday was sort out your wallet. Okay. What do What's you do your, for the rest? You got a wallet? Right, so Another have you got a wallet? Hours. I do have a wallet. <laughs> well, so it's yeah. got to be quick and easy. So like for me- here it is. I'm organized, like I've organized them. Oh, look at yours. It's a bike map. Oh, it's Manhattan. It's, it's Manhattan. It's is it legit, a legit bike map? No, it's it's the subway map. Yep. Oh, that's oh, sick. That's so cool. Where did you get that from? <clears throat> eBay. Where, yeah. Yeah. where all it's, good things come from. Exactly. <laughs> it's just paper. It's Tyvek. So the first experience I had at Tyvek was for one of our manifests for Melbourne Bay. It's basically waterproof, highly durable paper, and it's super thin, super light. Look, I'm and all my primary credit cards are in my phone now. I yeah, love yeah. I love that story. I, I love that like That's everything awesome. that you fucking have has a story. Ah. Uh, so the the other things that we're doing. So today uh, what I'm doing tonight is no fit phone in bed. That's one thing I'm organizing. So I'm moving the charger from uh, on the side, room. yeah, of yep. the bed. Good one. So that's have you where do you keep your phone at night? Oh, my bed. Okay. But I don't uh, uh yeah, I try not to. I mean, I already look at my phone way too much, so it's yeah. yeah. Do you, but when you're in bed, you still scroll. You're scrolling. Mm, no, 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 no. Oh, that's good. I've, I've I've had plenty. Yeah, and bed is for sleeping. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, do you have a TV in your bedroom? God, no. Okay, we we're discussing that the other day. At my TV. So with our new joint, the layout they engineer the house, so mm-hmm. the TV goes in the the main area, and I just thought I do not want the central shared space of the house. Where to the TV to be the yeah. focus, mm, mm. so it's not. It's like around the corner. So what's in the focal point now? Uh, I'm waiting to get like a mad piece of art, something. And so there, there's a this huge painting that my wife is it of a deer that is by one of her friends, who's an amazing artist, Andrew Salgado. I feel like you really love deer. What's is there a relationship <laughs> with deer or? No, uh, there's not. It. it well. I think you wanted to import it. You wanted to allow no. deers in Australia and stuff. I don't know if there's some sort of deer agenda. Oh, just saying deers were imported. No, they were. Bro- okay. and yeah, yeah, so there were deer farms locally and then they just released them all. And that's why uh-huh. it's the same with rabbits. And why that. do you know so much about deer though? Just no. uh, well, Curious. It, so the first time I saw a deer in the gorge where I where I live and spend 90% of my time, I'm like, mm-hmm. did I see a deer? No way. Yeah. And then I got curious and then I was seeing them all the time. And now I can take you right now to a part of suburban Melbourne and there will be a herd of stags and they're, uh, they're just an amazing creature. Mm. Um, a deer killed someone the other day though. Did you see that story in the news? What, with? In, in a, no, just and fucking, in reports, a white man killed thousands of people. Yeah, exactly. No, but it's pretty crazy. Uh, anyway, let's anyway, reel uh, this list real, off. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, drink two litres of water a day. How's your drinking? Do you drink oh, water? Two litres. Does it count if it's got coffee in it? <laughs> no, nah, no. Nah. Well, oh, it's a diuretic. So I'm you're probably you're pissing butter. You need to fix that. Yeah. Uh, update you. your passwords. To you, what? All the same? No, 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 no. You need to use like a password manager. Like you should update them periodically. Periodically? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. What else? No. Uh, get a haircut and schedule the next. What do you like with, with that? You're always shaving, hair, every day. shaving your hair. You do it every day? Yeah. Ray, like razor shave. 30 in the, seconds. In the bath. Yep. In the, in the bath. <laughs> in the bath. She has a bath every it. month. Yeah. It's like I super smooth. Oh, mate, we're on next. We're moving places yeah, without exactly. friendship. Yeah. Like yeah. Just hair. added three more words I'm not to the lie. message. <laughs> I couldn't grow hair. And even when I had hair, I was a ranger. So that. Yeah. I and, loved it. And I had short hair. For a very long time. And then towards the end of my follicle days, I had a Hare Krishna hairdo. So I had all, basi- all, all basically shaved on top. This is when I worked in New York. Yeah. And I had like the back was like the mullet starting from the top to the back. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. 
I feel like you that's a maybe, move. I feel like you would have scared me in the straight. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's. But he would have been saying, "Hey, mate, how are you? Yeah, What's exactly. your name?" Really you curious. Australian too. Yeah. Um, what else is there? Donate blood. Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's on the on the list. If you were in England during, was that about Mad, oh, Mad Cow? Cow? Yeah. You can't yeah. do it and all that sort of shit. Anyway, uh, meditate for ten minutes a day. Do you have you meditated ever? No. Uh, no. I'm going to say no, but I do enjoy going for peaceful walks in the morning to start my day, mm-hmm. even if it's listening to music and podcasts. Does that count? Probably. And no, you're no, no. Writing. You're you know, doing some form of like. I mean, you you wrote. How long did you did it take you to get here? Uh, oh, I drove into um, Prober Cycles, my mate Mark, and in, in uh, Fairfield. And then I rode the last ah, ten okay, minutes. Yeah, yeah. But, but I think it's 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 meditative. Yeah, yeah. Bright, I'm thinking yeah. about getting a bike trainer. What do you think about them? Why? I'm just curious. <laughs> what do I oh, think what, about? Yeah. Them? Oh, this is good. this is gonna hurt to tell people. It's like that thing of going to the gym to ride a bike inside. Yeah. I, I look when I was half serious about going fast. Mm-hmm. I had an indoor trainer. Yeah. What about the trainer as now, my mate? I'm worried about getting hit by. I think of anything worse. I'm worried about getting hit by a fucking mm. car. It's because you oh. use your phone, you're looking down at your phone. No, I'm not. I've got no, a no, no, that, look, that's a very. Look, one of the great things about indoor training is you're removing the risk of. Mm. Go, and the weather and yeah. things like that. Mm. But actually, listening. I'd, I don't know if you listen to Tony Robbins. Yeah, a little bit. The recently Conor McGregor and Mike Tyson have been well, on. The, I say Mike Tyson. Yeah. And he talked about getting up at 2 o'clock in the morning and going running in the snow because he knew that whoever he's fighting wasn't going to do that. Yeah. He was willing to do yeah. sacrifice. And I haven't listened to any other podcast by Tony yeah. Robbins, but I need to be willing Mike's- to be hit by a car. <laughs> That's a good one. Well, no, no, in no. some ways, I've got, your- like, I've got to like let go of it and be like, no, if it happened, it's No, it honestly- now in this age, like like I say, I worked for ten years solely all around the world riding a bike. Mm-hmm. It's very dangerous now, and I'm a, I would consider myself pretty highly experienced in man, in managing myself in traffic. Wouldn't do it now. It's mm-hmm. mental. People are not looking. You wouldn't. Lo- what wouldn't you do now? Ride bike career. Yeah, oh, bike, bike career. just bike career. Okay, sure. And like, it's safer in the CBD because uh, you have to kind of pay attention more in the CBD. Cars aren't moving as fast. Mm. About suburban roads, yeah, forget it. On their phones. And no, shit. Do you it's clip so in? Bad. Do you have like? Yeah, I've got all that stuff. But I'd do you ride the bike I, paths. Bike yeah. paths. I think bike paths is where it's at. And we've got awesome bike paths mm. in the city. Uh, the, the next thing, fill water in windscreen wipers. Have oh. you done that in your car uh, lately? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, update social media profile pics. What's your profile pic at the moment? Is it even a it's view? your brand? Fix it. Fix it. Yeah. Uh, logo. I can take a new profile oh, You know what? I can you. tell you the last time I updated the logo, I changed it to pink for the Giro of last year's. Oh, really? Yeah. So you probably need to update it maybe? But why? I don't, well, it's on the list. You it's <laughs> I get it's, it's a personal list. So oh, okay. It's his, oh, like, it's his list that he's yeah. doing. No, but this is what everyone else is. This is what the community have organized. Okay. Well, it's what you're doing and if people want to get involved. Uh, only a few more. Uh, run three kilometers. Do you run it all? Or? I used to love running. I would love to get back into it okay. actually. Well, let's organize. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go for a run. We can hold hands. Uh, create, create, up, uh, create an updated Spotify playlist. Are you into Spotify? Do you listen to Spotify? I do listen to Spotify, not premium. But Okay. Yeah. You can still have playlists in can Non-premium? You? No, uh, that was a question. Sorry. Create them. I don't know if you can pr- maybe create yeah, you can. them. Yeah. You can I, create noticed, them. I noticed on the desktop version you can listen to albums chronologically, that, but in the, the phone version mm. it's like a random shuffle. I had premium and then downgraded because I like mm. did a complete wipe of like a lot I of heard, expenses. I oh, heard. Yeah, because you, you, you were out of yeah, control, I was. man. Uh, but that was fucked. Imagine like, how you rich should, you could be. <laughs> you should still bring us the number now of your subscription, should, yeah, monthly subscription. Then it's like... If it's a big number, imagine what it would have been. What we could have, yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, but the thing is I ended up having to get – well, I didn't have to. But premium Spotify I feel like is one of those things that's worth it because, like, it's a $20 out. Like, imagine what we used to spend on CDs. CDs. Mm. And And then your car gets broken into and they steal all your CDs. And so – What's that, 11? uh, No, so it's 10. Uh, No, that was 11, you're right. Uh, Sort out undies drawer and buy new undies and socks. I did that uh, two weeks ago. Buy all the same brand. Do you do? Is it um, more or less? Is yeah. it because they're so tattered? Um, look, look, I don't. <laughs> unlike you and your previous career, I don't walk around <laughs> in my undies. <laughs> but I like, to, and it's not. It's like one of those things. Like you got to wear just 
you want take my pride wife, in your undies. Yeah, it's like you, you, your partner goes yeah. to great lengths to look amazing with their mm. underwear, right? Yeah. I, it's a simple thing. You sort your junk out. Yeah, I mean, and it's nice, <laughs> like nice undies, putting on nice What's your undies. brand of choice, Bonds? Or? No, no, um, let's see, what are they? I don't know. They're just like Ralph. A, no, it's like a Target alpha. or alpha. Fuck Kmart. You are alpha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of my mates who has a big blog. I think you made some joke about my my undies have an alpha on it. Really? <laughs> no. Well, okay. That's because undies and socks. I think is a big one. I did a big happy socks uh, order mm. like a, f- a few years ago, which uh, lasted a while. But the problem is they they don't look great with um, shorts, like long uh, socks. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, we're getting. The- I like the explorers. I like. I'm warm feet is like my primary explorers. need. Oh, yeah, so just merino work, wool and they're just work socks. You know, like you okay. just and they're hot. very thick, aren't they? Yeah, I like thick socks. I like okay. warm feet. <laughs> How often do you change your shoes? What shoes are you got? I uh, got some. Uh, come on, you should know the reference. Oh yeah, Jordans. 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 Yeah, Jordans. Jordans. They're sick. They they're good. cement threes, man. I don't know anything about shoes. <laughs> oh, okay. The cement threes good. Andy, no. thank you so much for coming on, mate. It's a pleasure talking shit. It's uh, now we're gonna feast on this great company. Yeah, yeah we would. Yeah. Uh, yeah, would love to have you back on. But so Instagram is where I feel like I see most of your stuff. Is Absolutely. that where you're spending most of your yeah. time? Yeah, yeah. Fyxo. Yeah. On Instagram, someone asked me, "Does that stand for fuck you and then a kiss and a hug?" <laughs> I said, "No, it is an abbreviation of the first brand name." Oh, really? What was Which, the first was brand, brand name? Fixomatosis. Oh, Fixima. yeah, yeah. I see why you shortened it. Is it, it. Is it, uh, <laughs> is it <laughs> relating to fixies? <laughs> is it relating to like fixie bikes? Uh, yes. So okay, I wouldn't say bragging, but if you are riding or if you see someone in Australia riding a fixed gear, you can trace it back to me. Really? Yep. Why? Because I started it. Was it not a thing? I mean, it was definitely not a thing. It God, was funny. Def- I used to go walk into bike shops, and people would tell me I'm a fucking idiot. What? Because uh, because you're wanting a fix? No, because I was riding them on the street before any, or well, not before anyone, because it's not a new thing. What were people using them for? Like, what was the? No one was niche? in in Melbourne. There was two other people, uh, old Ron. Who is a bike courier? And um, I'm trying that, to think. that's and, all he got for the and nickname. Alvaro. <laughs> and Alvaro had a, a, a Repco conversion painted pink and it was called The Bastard. <laughs> and, and he was one of the most colourful characters in Melbourne. Fantastic guy. And I'd come from London and yeah. that's where I discovered track bikes. Mm-hmm. And no one in Australia. And so people would see me riding mine like, oh, what's, the, what's with the bike with one gear? Yeah. And no brakes. Well, I had a break for a while, but then there was no breaks. And and I just started sourcing. That's really the the origin and the genesis of Fixo as a brand. I was just buying and selling track bikes. Really? Mm. So that buying everything in Australia, I, I rang up every bike shop in Victoria. Mm-hmm. And I said, you got any old track bikes? I'd make a list. And then I ran around Victoria and scooped them all up and I sold them to people all around the world. Can wow. you break a fix? And that phone bill was fucked up. <laughs> well, back then. <laughs> I did on my mobile. Well, the, um, can you break, like can you, you go can in the stop. back? You can stop. Yeah, you can slow down. People putting their foot in the tyre? No. Uh, oh, yeah, there, the there, there, there was, oh, no, the there was a, on the oh, top, top. There was a go, Ted Shred. There was, the a, spokes, there was a DJ <laughs> in San Fran <laughs> called Ted Shred <laughs> who used it. to break like Barney Rubble style. Actually, I saw a guy today on a really pimped out track bike and I looked at him like, that's fucking dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> because it could go fast. Oh, they can't no, stop. No, it's or? just uh, it's a highly skilled version of riding a bicycle with very little margin for error. Mm-hmm. And when I was doing it day in day out, I I could do it without thinking. Right. And I was really good at it. And but bike careers who do ride their bike day in day out get really good at it, and you don't have to think about it. But then it was marketed to people who aren't real cyclists yeah, yeah. as a fashionable thing. It's dangerous being a hipster. It yeah, is very dangerous absolutely. being a hipster. You can watch your wallet, man. <laughs> I'll take it. It's the Daily Talk Show. Andy, thanks for coming on. Mate, Pleasure. We'd love, to, we'd love to get you back on. I feel like there's probably hours and hours of stories. Tomorrow? Yeah, we can mm. fucking get you on for a weekend. Yeah. That'd be good. Uh, it's the Daily Talk Show. We'll see you tomorrow when uh, Mr. 97 will have bleached hair. Which we're, uh, which we're very excited about. So yeah. this is the last time we'll see you with cute little brown curls. Yeah. It's been great. He's so cute. <laughs> Isn't he? Right safe. See you guys. See you guys.